Success Insight shares the stories of the people with passion and drive who make things happen in the world. Here's your host, Howard Fox. Hello, everybody. This is Howard Fox, and welcome to another episode of the Success Insight podcast. Our guest today is Christine Calabrese. Now, drawing upon her years of experience as an educator, Christine began authoring children's books. Her books include Poor Little Pencil, a happy how to hold pencil book that includes rhymes and pictures. And her most recent book is Little Pencil Finds His Forever Friends. Now, this is an illustrated rhyming picture book as well that brings to life the learning tools for young children. Christine, welcome to the Success Insight Podcast. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. I am really amazed as we have started our podcast, probably one of the largest demographics we are getting, and I don't know if this actually qualifies as as a niche yet, but our children's book authors and the pictures and the illustrations, the rhyming, the music. I just think that's totally amazing. And I kind of want to be a kid again to be able to have these books. I guess I could give them as gifts to my friends and my or my nieces and nephews who are now having kids. But I'm really excited. I mean, it's a really interesting genre out there. And I'm curious, how did you get into going from educator to children's book author? Well, as an educator, I saw a need for this particular book. So I was looking for a book online and I couldn't find one. So I wrote one and I drew upon my own experiences as an educator and also experimented in the classroom with the stories. So that's how I I came to write this book. There was a need. And I know educators need it, parents need it, so I wrote it. Excellent. And tell us a little bit more about from education. Are you, is your background early childhood education? Is it kindergarten, the, the, the demographic of the book, the ages three to six? Where, where was your sweet spot within the education? Pre-K all the way to grade five, I've taught. But my favorite really was pre-K. <laughs> Really, pre-K and kindergarten are my favorites. Why were they your favorites? I just love the children at that age. They're just so full of wonder and love, and I relate to them, <laughs> I guess, because I'm like them. That's good. But I, I, love, I love helping them. They're just so beautiful at that age. I love... When you said they're so full of wonder and and I would say, you know, to curiosity, I mean, nothing in life is like an open book for them. And, and then, you know, I guess, unfortunately, as we get older, they learn all about everything else in life. But at that age, it's such an important time for them to learn about themselves, to make friends. So as you were planning or, or, or realizing there's a need for these books, how did you settle on the topic of the, the little pencil? Well, I always like to animate things in the classroom. So every everything usually comes alive in my classroom. So if there's a pencil, he'll start talking. <laughs> That's not how you hold me. You hold me like this. <laughs> or, 
<laughs> there's a little teapot, you know, the little song of the little teapot. I'll have a little teapot that, that actually talks to the kids. So that's just my nature is to get down at their level and to, and to bring these inanimate objects really to life, which is really what they do anyway as, as little children. Everything seems to have its own life. So that's how I did that. That's how I started to develop that story. Okay. Now, I want to get into the books themselves and the fact that they include the rhyming and the illustrations. But when you when you shared about the, the inanimate objects coming to life, I mean, you've had a lot of years of experience doing this, haven't you? <laughs> I did, because I had the cutest little sister. And when we were growing up, I, I used to make things talk to her. And I wasn't, sometimes I wasn't very nice about it. I might, I might hit her with the broom and say, the broom did that. Oh boy. And she'd look at me, blame the broom rather than me. <laughs> or we would have puppet shows and things would come to life for her. And she was so cute. And that's how, I mean, I, I started even as a child doing that. So it's just a natural thing for me. And as a teacher and as a parent, I know what happens to you when you look at a child. You start to remember your own experiences and what you did. Right. And you start to bring those in. And that's what I did. Fantastic. Now, your first book, Poor Little Pencil, tell us a little bit about that and the creation of that book and what it took to actually write it and produce it. Poor Little Pencil is the precursor to Little Pencil Finds His Forever Friends. It's it's just an ebook, and it is a rhyming book. And it's just an ebook, though. It's not a physical book. It wasn't long enough. So I had written that with I, the illustrator for that was one of the teachers in my school. He was the art teacher, and we worked together on that. So that it was a precursor to this one. And it's still up there. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> so when I was doing the preparation for today's show, I was looking at the books and it's like, oh, that's pretty cool. She got two books. And then, of course, the, the new book, Little Pencil Finds His Forever Friends, a rhyming pencil grip picture book. Now, I kind of figure out what that book is about. It's how do we grip our, our pencil? And I see it's volume one. So obvious, at least to me, there's probably some more books in your future. But tell us a little bit about the little pencil finds as forever friends. When I got into the pre-K classroom, Howard, I realized that the previous book that I had written really wasn't adapted to exactly what the children are seeing in their classroom. And I wanted it to reflect all the things that they do in the classroom. So I rewrote the entire story to reflect the things that they see, their little, their balls, their rulers, their scissors, their everything that they see in the classroom is in this book. And thus, it, the children can relate to it better. I also wanted to make the illustrations a lot more friendly and also more realistic. So in this book, this is a graphic designer who did this, and we, we took pictures of the kids' hands, and the hands are actually placed in the book so the children actually see real things, and they see animated things. So it's a really, the illustrations are beautiful. 
Oh, and, and, and really to emphasize that and to draw attention to that, folks, I mean, I am looking on Amazon right now as I chat with Christine and it, it, the cover of the book is very cute. I mean, you've got, as she just said, you've got the, the a hand and then you've got the illustrations of the pencil and how it's been illustrated. I'm not going to share exactly what that looks like. But you'll see it because we'll provide the backlinks. But it actually, it's a, it's a convergence of reality. Oh, here's my my hand, my pinky, my thumb, my forefinger, and then there's the pencil. And I, I think that's just very cute the way you've put that together. What are some aspects of the book that perhaps were most challenging for you as you're creating the book and then working with your illustrator to, to kind of bring that to life? Happily and wonderfully, the illustrator was my assistant teacher in my classroom. So she knew Miss Calabrese. Okay. (laughs) And we worked really well together. She was a graphic artist from Argentina. Ah. So she had already had experience as a graphic artist. So the only, I had a few challenges with her, the very small challenges with her. I made sure that she animated things and she really put a lot of, Her artwork that she had done in the classroom is in this book. So the things that we actually did in the classroom are are on this book. One of the things I really love, if I may, about this book is that it actually shows four-year-olds really don't know what a ruler is, and it actually has a picture. We have a picture of a ruler and a little rhyme to go with it. So they get introduced to what a ruler is, which is great. Just to even see it is... Just to have sight of it is just great. And he's actually smiling. Fantastic. It's interesting with the ruler. When I take notes, I actually have a ruler with me. It's an electronic notepad, but I always use my ruler. So you you made me happy because I... I feel like I get to use a ruler every day. (laughs) What I would love is if there is a a portion of the book or something that you can share with us for our audience who are just listening to the podcast. And that'll give them an impetus to go out to the website as well and learn more about you and your work. I'm going to read a little introduction that the occupational therapist wrote for this book. I had an occupational therapist review my book and she wrote a little introduction. And this is the cutest thing that she wrote. Poor little pencil. He waits so long while fun activities make the fingers strong. Now his forever friends hold him just right and they work together in learning to write. That basically sums up the whole story and what this occupational therapist pointed out about this book is that throughout the book, the entire work of the fingers is very important as they're cutting and pasting and coloring and gluing, they're squeezing. Those fingers are getting strengthened so that at the end of the book, we read how to hold a pencil and we actually see how to hold a pencil. And at the very end, this my favorite part, Mr. Thumb, Miss Index, and Miss Middle said, come with us, we can help you a little. Just let us hold you, one, two, three, lay down and rest, and you will see. You'll work real hard. There's plenty to do. We'll write all day and learn at school. I just love that part. <laughs> Definitely. I was very cute. Now, I have to ask this question. So I'm in the baby boomer generation, the tail end of it. So I'm not that old. <laughs> I remember having time in in school, kindergarten, and 
heaven knows going up through the grades of always having to write the notebook, having pencils and pens. Are kids still actively taught how to use pencils and pens today? I mean, just given the nature of everybody's got a a smartphone in their hand. Right. I'm curious what your thoughts are there. Right. Children still need, when they're little, uh, three, four, and five-year-olds, they still need to... I mean, we're still human beings, and they still need to really work those muscles in their hands and, and to get them going. So they still cut, they still paste, they still do all of the fun activities that we remember that we did. And they still need to know the proper pencil grip. And that is simply because they're going to be writing, maybe not as much as we were, but they're still going to be using a pencil and they still need to how to hold it. Now, as far as teaching the pencil grip, it has been often something that's overlooked. And oftentimes the teachers were told just to let the children hold it however they wanted to because we were cramping their style. But I found that it, it's better to teach them how to hold it because that actually frees them up. Right. Because they have to hold the paintbrush, they have to hold the crayon, they have to hold, think of all the things they have to hold, the paintbrush, the crayon, the markers. All of those things have to be held. And if they're held in the wrong position, their wrists and arms will get tired. Right. So that's why I wrote it. Yeah, and this is so. This this is the in some ways the stepping stone of learning how to perform other activities as they continue to develop as little children and going into their later years in in school and then beyond. Right. Great. In addition to this book, now I know in the description uh, on Amazon it says Volume One. So usually you don't put Volume One unless there's probably going to be Volume Two, Three, Four, or Five, etc. What's <laughs> next for you in this series? There's a little character in this book. Her name is Silly Little Scissors, mm-hmm. and she has her own book coming up okay. with the same illustrator, and that is again a rhyming book. And so that will be the next book in the series, and it's going to be How to Hold the Scissors. That's a that's a huge challenge for children. Sure. How to Hold the Scissors, a huge challenge for teachers on how to do it. So uh, the whole book is about her adventures, and it's adorable. Really a cute little story. Mm-hmm. So the illustrator is going to be working on that, hopefully this summer, and we'll get that out. Excellent. You know, one question I wanted to ask, and that is about the rhyming. How difficult was it to create the rhymes for each segment within the book? It's very difficult to rhyme. It's almost an innate talent. And, and, and oftentimes I've read that people who are children's authors ought not to go towards that area because... The cadence has to be exact. Everything has to be exact. Somehow, I don't know how it is, Howard, but I have some kind of gift of rhyming. <laughs> my husband's my husband's a writer as well. And he says, Goodness, you really I mean everything you say can come out in a row. <laughs> and it has to have a, a particular beat to it. Sure. And not all of us are Dr. Seuss, and I'm certainly not Dr. Seuss. He had a gift. So when we were writing children's books, 
We have to be really careful to make sure that it is exact, it is perfect, and it and it and that whoever reads it can read it with the same beat, with the same, you know, the same movement. Sure. That's how you know it's a good rhyming book. It's very very difficult. Excellent, excellent. Well, Christine, we really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to join us on the Success Insight podcast and sharing with us about your book, The Little Pencil Finds His Forever Friends, and gifting us with a couple pieces from the book, from the therapist, and also from, from the back of the book as well. And I hope that you get much traction and interest from the book. And I, I'm trying to think now, who can I give this to for the holidays? It's, it's just so wonderful. <laughs> if our listeners would like to learn more about you and your work, where's the best place for them to go? They can go to christinecalabrese.com, my blogs. I, I normally post a lot of blogs. I post a lot of educational blogs about reading because I'm a reading specialist. And whatever, if I'm running a special on my books, I might post it there. I do, I do a lot of book reviews too, and I post them there. I like to read children's books and review them. All right. By the way, I just yeah, I'm thinking earlier... This month, we had Dan Pegram on the Success Insight podcast. And as you were talking about the the rhyming, I'm thinking, are Dan's books rhymes? He wrote a book called Pop Pop Airplane. Mm. And so you both need to meet each other because I think you know, the pencil or how do airplanes fly and it's for little kids of this age. And so I think that's definitely a connection I would like to make for both of you. And we'll provide the links back to christinecalabrese.com on our webpage. I won't make you speak out the how to spell your name <laughs> so we get the URL correctly. I'm just going to go ahead and we'll put the backlink on our show notes. And we're also going to provide the backlink to your author page on Amazon and so that folks can learn more about you and your work. And I hope when your book about the, the scissors and the friends that she's finding, I hope you come back on and tell us about that as well. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much for having me today. It was a pleasure. There you have it, folks. We've just chatted today with Christine Calabrese. She is an author, an educator, and we were chatting about her most recent children's book, Little Pencil Finds His Forever Friends. And this is an illustrated rhyming picture book that brings to life the learning tools for young children ages three to six, and essentially how to use that pencil. Pretty interesting story of how that comes about and the use of pictures and rhymes and illustrations and and learn also too about Christine's love of inanimate objects and and her, I'm sure her sister has some stories to tell us about that if we were <laughs> to ever interview her. <laughs> Folks, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, go out there, have a phenomenal day and we will see you on the next episode of the Success Insight Podcast. Take care now. Success Insight is a production of Fox Coaching and First Story Strategies. Find us online, successinsightpodcast.com.